Yes, let's lift up the Lord Jesus. He's worthy of our praise. Thank you, Lord. His presence is already here right now, reaching out to comfort us. Let's give Him the glory and the honor. Thank you, Jesus. You're, giving, you're getting all the praise tonight. Lord, you're number one in our lives, Jesus. We worship you. I know you're going to minister to us. That's just what happens when we're in your presence. That's just the overflow of calling on the name of Jesus. That's just the overflow of worshiping you and putting you in our lives first, God. You're high and mighty on the throne right now for us in this place. Thank you, God, for the comfort we feel in your presence tonight. Thank you for the name of Jesus that we have access to today. Lord, you're so good. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your grace, your mercies. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord's presence is here tonight. As soon as you stop wanting what God does not want you to have, you'll have a whole lot more joy in your life. You'll be a whole lot less disappointed as soon as you realize that the Lord doesn't want to give you everything you're praying for. I know we think God's supposed to answer every prayer, but you know what I just felt during worship? I felt the Lord, I felt the Lord say to me, I haven't given you everything you've asked me, but I have given you enough. <laughs> Can you testify and say, I haven't gotten everything that I asked God, but if I think about it, I've gotten enough. I've gotten enough. I've served him long enough, and I've seen his blessings and favor long enough to not have to have more. I can look back at the, hand, the Lord's hand in my life and see he's still worthy of praise tonight. If he never did another thing for me, he's done enough. He's proven it to me. He's worthy to be served. He's such a good God to us. I want to be free. I don't want to want anything else God doesn't want from me. That is a miserable life. Miserable life. Thank God. I'm glad you're here. If you're a guest, I'm glad you're here. Make yourself at home. Our guest is a very loving church. Very loving church. How many of you agree this is a very loving church? Very loving church. A church like ours is loving because we spend time focusing on loving people as a part of our core mantra and doctrine. People that are selfish will not last at this church. It just People that are selfish don't get attention at this church. But people that love people are going to come in this church. People that are broken are going to be gravitated to this place. And we will be a hospital for broken people because there's going to be true love in our church. And that's the beautiful thing about our church and what we're evolving into. And I'm so thankful for that. To so our guests, we'd love for you to fill out the guest card. You can scan that with your phone. You can do the QR code, and you can fill it out. Uh, let's, let's have the usher go ahead and come on, and I'm going to give you a list, and we're going to get into it because I've got to have a meeting back here at 845. We're going to have a great week getting out to reach Austin, loving Austin. We've got Friday at the Georgian at 12. We've got Oasis uh, happening at 10, and then Sunday, 330 Stonebriar. It's another great week to get out in our city and love people. And so please be a part of that. It's going to be a great weekend. Uh, reaching Austin. Youth service is going to be at New Life Austin, March 18th. So parents, get ready for that. Please make sure to be here at the church at 5 to get over there. It's going to be a great time fellowshipping with other young people in our area who believe like we believe. Then the Youth Ascend Night is March 24th at 7 right here at the church. This is going to be mainly a youth service, and I'm sure they wouldn't mind if you showed up. That's fine. That'd be great. Then we got two weekends of revival, Sunday and then the next Sunday. We're going to just have a great time with tried and true elder ministers who have been through storms, difficulties, and challenges that still believe there's a God in heaven. And they're going to come preach two Sundays back to back. And we're going to see amazing things happen this Sunday and next Sunday by the Stanley, by the Holly. And then don't forget the crawfish. You guys got to sign up. Nobody signed up. You've got great faith. You believe there's going to be crawfish if you don't sign up, but it will not happen. Yea, I say unto thee, you must sign up. I know you don't want to do it, but we can't order. We, can't, we don't know how much to order. So you've got a deadline of the 19th to get your spot. My last announcement before we give tonight is we want to be in prayer for the Stevens. The Stevens. We've been trying to get the word out, but our, our bishop, Sister Stevens, if you're new here, the previous pastor of this church for uh, almost 20 years, 
they lost their adult daughter who lived in Austin. And uh, she, uh, it's a very sad situation. Um, she had some challenges, a r- little bit of a rough uh, life that she's been through recently. And the family is, of course, just devastated at the loss of their daughter, Alicia. And uh, this is also Brother Adrian Newton and uh, Caitlin. This is his mom that uh, passed away suddenly uh, this week. And so uh, we, we want to lift them up. And we're going to do everything in our power to show love and support to our bishop, Sister Stevens, to Adrian. This is very difficult. No parent wants to or should ever have to bury their child. And that's just not the way it should be. It's very tough. But they are strong. They have great faith. And we're going to be a support to them. But I just want us to, since we're here together now, I want us to pray God's protection over them. And we're going to keep them in our minds. Would you lift up your voices right now in the name of Jesus. God, I want them to feel angels around them. I want them to know that they're loved. I want them to know, God, that there's a church behind them, that we're the people of faith. And no matter what they're feeling, no matter what the entire family is going through, I pray in the name of Jesus for great faith to be be able to move through the situation. God, we give you the love and the honor tonight. We know that you are faithful, God. We lift up, God, Bishop, Sister Stevens. We love them very much. We're grateful for the years of service in the kingdom, God, and for their ministry here in this local area. We ask in the name of Jesus for you to give divine support to them and let us be able to serve them this weekend and be a blessing to them in this process. Everybody say in Jesus' name. 11 o'clock Saturday morning, we're going to meet right here, and we're going we're gonna to serve, and we're going to love, and we're going to do everything we can to make it great. And we're going to have a funeral for Alicia here at the church. And so I'm asking you, if you can, please be here and give us support. Let's fill this place up. Let's give support to the Stevens, to Adrian, Caitlin, 11 o'clock. Some of you are going to be uh, needed, and you're going to be serving, but we'll take care of that at 8.45, okay, 8.45. So after we give, then our kids' classes can be dismissed, youth and kids. But please, let's come right back, 8.45. I want to make sure we're ready for the weekend. I want to go over a few things as a church family, 8.45. Lord, thank you for the chance to give. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you, God, for everything you've done for us. It's another great opportunity to worship you, to give, God. And everybody say in Jesus' name. It's time for tithe offering. Give it on, get online or give it right here with a Matthew will help you out. And then as soon as you're done, students, youth, kids, be dismissed. And enjoy a great class back here, 845 Sharp. Thank God. He's good to us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, thank the Lord. He's so good. You're faithful to us, Jesus. All right, everybody else, would you stand with me and go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. It's good to see everyone tonight. And I hope that this word is a blessing to you. I hope this is an encouraging word tonight for us. Philippians 4 and 4. Are you ready? Everybody say yes. Man, good to see Sister Shields. Oh, we've missed you. Brandon said she had a good day today, feeling better, and we've been praying really hard for you. And so we love Sister Shields. And, man, but Aubrey's traveling, came back in, missed him back in town. I hate it when people are gone, having to be gone. It's just not the same without these wonderful people. And I'm just glad people are getting back in and getting in church. We need each other. We want to be together. Philippians 4 and 4. The Word says rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, no matter what you're going through. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. He's very close. Be anxious for nothing. Do not have anxiety over anything. Let nothing cause, not even an MRI machine, of which I hate, saith I. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, that's how you deal with anxiety, by the way. P. 
People are like, man, I'm tired of these new, these, pre- these old-fashioned preachers saying you just need to pray through when you got stress and anxiety. But the Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, deal with it through prayer and supplication. I think what's happened in our lives is we don't know how to pray like the elders did. And so that's why it doesn't register like the new generation. New generation says, I tried to pray. It didn't work for my anxiety. You're not praying right. No, when you pray right, I'm telling you, something will break inside of you. It will shift in your spirit. God will give you a miracle. And so you go to supplication. Go to thanksgiving. That's a good way to get rid of anxiety. Quit asking for God to change things and just start to praise him. Give him thanks. You know, you know why some people pray to try to get rid of anxiety doesn't work? Because you're asking God for stuff he doesn't want to do, and that causes more anxiety. That's why you're not getting peace whenever you have anxiety, because you're begging God for stuff he don't want to give you, and that's going to make you more hyperventilating, more stress. So just give him some thanks. All right? Let your request request be known to God, but do it with thanksgiving, trusting Him. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It'll protect us. Peace will protect our hearts and our minds. If we will do it God's way, we can be safe, and we can have peace in a very, very crazy world we're living in. It is a crazy world, but we can have peace for the people of God. Everybody say in Jesus' name. All right, you can be seated tonight, and I'm glad you're here. Tonight, I want to tell you, peace comes first. Everybody say, peace comes first. Peace comes first. Got to have peace. You know, I've got to be honest with you. I haven't talked a lot or heard a lot about peace growing up in church. Um, I really haven't. I've, I've heard a lot about the Holy Ghost, and I've heard, even heard about joy and giving God praise. But there hasn't been a whole lot of talk about peace. And I feel like it is so necessary especially now more than ever. Uh, Paul's closing remarks to the church here of Philippi, some of the most powerful and revelatory words ever written in the Bible on peace and understanding. There are many that we know who serve Jesus that are going through storms of life, namely those right now in our church who are battling difficulty with the loss of a loved one. Even uh, Sister Alves has been in the hospital for a few days. Be praying for her, trying to figure out some pain, maybe food poisoning. But there are many who suffer, many who have anguish in their minds and their mentalities, their health. Many wonder what is going to be the outcome of the situation that they are in. It's easy to become anxious, as Paul put it, to have anxiety. And we know that anxiety has become absolutely normal in our society. They prescribe now pills for anxiety. And after talking to people who take these pills, it doesn't ever seem to really deal with the root of the problem. It seems to only calm them down on the externals. It makes them less strange on the outside. But on the inside, they truly still do not have peace. No pill can give you peace. Not really. It can give you a side effect change, but it really won't deal with your your peace. People are having a very hard time in the day we're living in finding peace because our world is so hateful. Our world is so vengeful. Our world is so selfish that everywhere you go, you just can't escape the peace. But not only are people having a hard time getting some peace, I've noticed that secretly they're having a hard time understanding why they're going through what they're going through. I cannot personally stand not knowing why I'm going through what I'm going through. One of the worst things to me about my storms is that I have no clue a lot of times why I have to go through it. I wish I understood why as a child of God that God loves and died for, I've got to deal with this storm. I wish I knew. If I had a dollar for every time I said, I just don't understand. And I say it throughout the day. I say it when I'm going through a tough time. I say it in prayer. Lord, I just don't understand. It's probably the, one of the, the things I say the most re- repetitively with my talk with the Lord is, Lord, I just don't understand because that's what plagues me the most. I could be hurting. I could be in pain. I could be in suffering, going through the rain and the storms. And we can get stuck praying the prayers of understanding. We can get stuck saying, God, you got to tell me why. We can get stuck always begging God to be God. Begging God to be God, not just have God. Because it's not good enough for us as Christians to have God. We want to be God. 
It's not good enough for Lucifer to have God in his presence, but he had to be like God. And the problem with us is that we are not satisfied having to lean on him, to need him, to depend on him. We want to be him. We want to know everything that he knows. And it's difficult for us to be subservient to the Lord Jesus Christ. But this is who we are. We will never understand everything but the D.C. We will never know everything about why we're going through it. If we did, we would not need God. We would not need to pray and talk to Him. We wouldn't need fellowship. Some of the marriage problems we have is just the mystery of figuring out the other person. It takes a lifetime to do it, if that. Yeah. That's why in heaven there's neither marriage nor giving in marriage. The Lord's like, you ain't going to figure it out. Just stop. Not even eternity can help you figure it out. I'm going to give you a pause forever. Just thank God you're still, just thank God you're married and thank God you made it to heaven. You got through. We don't understand everything. That's part of the mystery of needing God. It's because it's every day a new day. It's a new day. Waking up saying, God, what's next? How can I trust you? How can I lean on you? That's the way God likes it. He's the God. We are not. He's the provider. We're not. We must need him, rely on him, and trust him. And this is why the Lord wants to give us peace. Because peace is the anti-understanding. Peace is what you get when you don't understand what you're going through. Thank you, Jesus, for peace. The problem is that we put more importance on understanding the process than we do with having peace in the process. Understanding is probably one of the most helpful parts of dealing with pain and problems. We like to understand because it gives us a little bit of a closure. Well, now I know why the house burned down, so I could have a bigger one. That gives you some peace. You understand why it happened, then it, it's like, okay, I get it now. I can rest. But what do you do until you find out why? What do you do while you're waiting on the answers? What do you do when maybe you won't even know why it happened until heaven and you know all things? There is peace for those moments when you don't know why it happened. To be able to know why something happened as a way of bringing that closure to us. But the truth is we won't always understand everything we face in this life. There will be lots of things we will never figure out, and you just got to settle it. I'm not going to understand everything. This is why we need to understand the purpose of peace and its relationship to understanding. You see, if peace and understanding were to race, the Bible says that peace would surpass understanding. I like to think of this scripture like a good race. And you've got two cars, and one car is peace, and one car is understanding. And we want the car understanding to win, but it's like a, a Volvo. Or maybe, I don't know, Kias are getting fast. I usually throw Kias under the bus just because they used to be cheap cars, but they've come a long way. Let's just say Pontiac. Anybody ever have one of those? Pontiac. Yeah, back in the day. Pontiac. I'm trying to find a cheaper car. Not that it's a bad car. But then you've got this Corvette on the other end. And if the two were to race then guess which one would win in that race? Which would pass which? They're both on the way. They're both coming. They're both going down the road. But which one do you get first? The Bible says that peace will pass understanding. When understanding can't get to you in time, peace can. When understanding's taking its good old time getting to you and you're sitting there scratching your head trying to figure out why it happened, peace is saying, I'll get there first. Peace is the best first responder during an emergency. Peace is what you must have. I'll even go further. To even have understanding, you must first get peace. It is impossible to have understanding if you're frantic and don't have peace. Peace can do what understanding cannot do. Peace surpasses understanding because oftentimes it's the prerequisite for understanding. If there is any understanding possible, peace would precede it. Ever, ever tried to talk to someone that was hysterical? I'm going to tell you why this is happening. Ah, ah, ah. Okay, did you get that? Ah, ah, ah. They're hysterical. You can't talk to someone hysterical. You can't give logic to someone hysterical. That's why the first thing you got to do is calm them down. Somebody say peace. Stop asking for God for understanding when you're in the trials and ask first for peace. I feel the Holy Ghost talking to someone right now. 
you will never grasp the revelation of the storm until you are at complete peace. Isn't that right, Sister Shields? Peace is what we need first in this hour we're living in. Answers can come in the clarity of peace. God will not get through to the people who don't have peace. God cannot open up doors of revelation to people who are always stressed out and anxiety all the time. You will never see God's truth stressed out. You just got to calm down every now and then and say, Lord, I don't get it, but bring your peace. An example, when your kid breaks the lamp, cutting his arm, you typically would calm the child first because you cannot put a bandage on a child that is frantic swinging their arm. You've got to calm the child. Calming the child sets the child up for healing. This is why they have restraints in hospitals. What a strange thing. This is why they lock you up because they got to do what's best for you. This is why lifeguards have trained to knock you out when you're drowning. <laughs> because it, here's how this works. If you don't get knocked out and get some peace, you're both going to go down. I really, I'm trying to help you right now because we, we are the world's worst at trying to do everything we can to help people understand what they're going through instead of giving them peace first. Yep. Pain is not the season to seek understanding. Never make a decision when you're in pain. Never make a life move when you've been offended. Never. Many people have regretted making decisions under stress. Many have. Many marriages could have made it. But under stress, we sign the divorce papers. Get peace first. Get clarity of mind first. Be one with God in your mind in your spirit, and then he'll give you clarity of understanding of what move to make next. Lord, give us peace. It's hard to see the purpose of your storm when you're afraid and you're hurting and you're damaged and you're offended and you're upset. Never do anything in the storm except get peace. After peace, you can do what you need to do, but get peace first. This is why as a pastor, I, I love for people to take time and get great peace before they ever do anything. I'm talking marriage, change churches, jobs, anything. You need absolute peace. In fact, you know you're in the will of God a lot of times when you feel peace in your spirit. I'll say it like this. You can have agony in your flesh and be, it be right in your spirit. A lot of times we determine the will of God after how it feels in the flesh, not how it feels in the spirit. Things can be right in the spirit and not feel good at the same time. Ask Jesus about the cross. It was right in the spirit, but it hurt in the flesh. So we need, we need peace before we do anything and act like we have truth. Listen, this is very important. You can't have truth if you're offended. Offended people don't see clear. Anytime you're talking with someone offended, don't even try to make sense. You're wasting your time. Have you tried? I've tried. We've all tried. We've all been there. You're trying to get someone to see truth, but they won't listen to you because they're not having peace. So, so this is great today because we are so quick to want to get out of our storms that we jump to understanding when it's not possible and skip over peace, which is possible, when the order is always let your peace get there first. The next time you're going through a storm, let your peace get there first. I know understanding wants to get there, but it's not going to get there first. You've got to let the peace come first. Whatever the bleeding is, stop the bleeding. Whatever the fight is, stop the fight. Whatever it takes to get the forgiveness in the room, stop all of that. Get forgiveness moving. Get peace moving. And then we can sit down and talk. Well, I'm going to let you have it. I'm going to tell you the truth. That's not going to do any good if they don't have peace. But truth, no, no, our God's a God of order, and that doesn't just mean power and make you do things. It means God of order. 
It means one thing before two. It means one, two, three. And the way the Lord and the Holy Ghost works is not all things at the same time. He does things in order. Our God knows when to put peace before understanding. He doesn't put understanding before peace. Understanding is right, but peace is first. Well, I'm a truth preacher. You're also a peace preacher. Blessed are the peacemakers. We don't start off with our mouths trying to preach truth to people that are wrong and going through hell and drama. We start off with bringing peace in the room. I, I, went, to, uh, I went to the Stevens house uh, the morning, another morning after they found out that their daughter passed away. And I've never experienced this before. I've never done this before. I've never had to be a comforter to an elder about their, their daughter passing away unexpectedly. And as a pastor, as a man, you feel like you have to have something to say. You feel like you need to do something to help. And I, 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 don't, I don't have the words. I, don't, I didn't have the words. And we were sitting there, and they were opening up, talking some, and Sister Stephen said something that really just triggered my spirit. And all I knew to do, because I had no understanding, I had no, I had no words, I put my head down, and I just began to speak in tongues. I began to pray in the Holy Ghost. And they began to pray in the Holy Ghost. And the entire atmosphere began to change because what comes first is peace. There is nothing to say until peace rests in that room. There is nothing that will ever help them until the Holy Ghost descends on that space. Until we're at peace in our spirits, there is no open road for understanding to travel in. And it was much easier for me to begin to speak the truth after peace had come into the atmosphere. The Holy Ghost is trying to talk to a church right now of people that are going to have to be problem solvers in a crazy world, and we're going to have the itch to get up and preach our truth before we've brought our peace. When you break up with the one that you love, we, we don't need the relationship police to go and, and say, well, he wasn't the one. That's the understanding. And it's not time for that right now. We need there to be peace first. But how many of us have been guilty of trying to give the truth, and you might be absolutely right at absolutely the wrong time? Help us, Jesus. And when a loved one passes away, we're not comforting people by telling them why they're dead or why it happened. That will come maybe in time. But you know what? When you lose somebody, you could care less why. You lost them. And there's nothing you can say to make that better. You just need peace. I want to show you what I mean in Matthew 14, 26. Let's get that up. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, Jesus now on the sea walking to the troubled disciples in a storm and the water, they were troubled, and you would be too. And they said, I think, I think it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately, look how Jesus responds to the fear in the storm in verse 27 be of good cheer, it is I, don't be afraid. The storm is raging, and Jesus is promoting a message of good cheer, no fear. But there's still waves and water. There's still wind and, and all kinds of crazy physical things attacking them. But Jesus' message is, it's me, don't be afraid, even be of good cheer. Okay, cool. <laughs> Party. Let's all drown together. Let's have good cheer. Doesn't make sense, does it? You see, he could stop the storm. But this particular storm had a purpose. 
And there was going to be understanding. But that's not where he started. Because the first thing Jesus did when he arrived in the storm is not give the reason. He said, don't be afraid. Because then you can't get them to calm down. You can't get them to get the purpose of the storm. Some of us would have showed up and said, why are you, why are you so messed up right now? That's not what Jesus said. He got there eventually. But the first thing he said was, calm down. I'm here now. Calm down. You're in the presence of God. Calm down. Nothing bad can happen without me letting it happen. Calm down. Once you recognize you're in the presence of the master, it doesn't matter what you're up against, what it feels like, or how scary it is. The storm is there, but listen, so is he. And now that you know he's there, we can calm down. Look what happens when you decide to calm down. Faith rises, and people start to say things like this. If it's you, let me get out of this boat and walk to you in the storm. That's when you know you've calmed down. You know you've calmed down when that thing that's trying to take you under becomes something you now start to walk on top of. That's when you know you've really began to get peace in your life because the thing that came to kill you is now the thing you're ready to step on top of. Peace gives you the power to walk on top of the thing that's trying to drown you. Peace gives you power to say, you ain't taking me down. In fact, I can walk on top of you. If he can do it, I can do it. If you can do it, Lord, I can do it, Lord. I know you're with me. The storm has not stopped, but the people have power. The storm has not stopped, but the people have peace. Look what peace can do in the storm. It is the will of God for the church in the last days to have great peace during a great storm. And we are all praying against the storm. You should be praying for the peace. Because if you can get the peace, you can walk on top of what's on the way. God does not want to take away the thing that has a purpose. God does not want to take away the thing that makes us water walkers. God wants to put that thing out there so the world can see people that walk on top of what is meant to destroy them. And here we are asking God to take away our pain and take away our suffering when the whole purpose of the storm is to show the world that we've got the power through Jesus to step on top of it, to take authority over it. It may not take us down as long as we're submitted to Jesus. It won't take us down. Before Jesus ever laid out the lesson, he promoted the peace because it must come first. It must, everybody say it must come first. I don't know what you're facing right now, church family, but fear. Fear is not going to rule us. Jesus is with us. And the faster you recognize him in your storm, the quicker you'll start walking on top of what you're dealing with. We're going to make it in Jesus' name. He said he's a very present help in the time of need. He said he'll never leave us or forsake us. He did not say, I will not allow storms. He promised us he'd be there. He'd be with us. And this is how we get stories to tell our children. Can you imagine, can you imagine the stories that were told about Peter walking on top of water? What a fun life it is to have storms and peace. Yes. So how do you know you'll have peace in the storm? When you're walking on top of it. When you're willing to take the path that is not easy to take. Because listen, fear stays in the boat, but peace takes the path. Peace gets out of the boat. Peace is willing to go into it and not run from it. How do you know you're not ruled by a peace? You're hiding inside of the man-made thing. You're hiding and putting your trust in something made with man's hands. 
a boat made by humans will never survive the storms of life. Peace passes understanding because while understanding is trying to figure out how to walk on water, peace is already on the move. Peace says, I don't know how. I'm just going to go. I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to step out because I feel, I feel good about it. I don't, it doesn't make sense. But how are you going to walk on water? I don't know. Explain to me how. I don't know. I don't have an understanding. All I know is, is I've got peace. The Lord is here. I'm getting out of the boat. I'm walking on this water. The purpose of peace is not to stop the storm on the outside. Stop the storm on the inside. To do that, you have to get your eyes off the storm and get your eyes on Jesus. You cannot stay focused on what you're up against and have peace in your storm. Thank you, Lord. And it's not forgetting about the storm because that's impossible. You're in one. It's about not forgetting about the Savior. There's no way in your life you'll ever wake up and not know you're in your storm when it's a real storm. But there will be days if you're not careful you'll wake up and not know the presence of the Lord. He is with you in your storm. That's the tragedy. And that's what we must recognize is that we are not alone. There are some things we will never understand, but for those moments, there is absolute peace that is accessible to you and to me. Thank you, Jesus. Let's lift our hands and love the Lord right now. Thank you, Father, for great peace. Great peace. Great peace. Peace comes first. I'm not going to fix this tonight, but peace is coming right now. I'm not going to fix this right now, but peace is coming. Someone, many of you, the Holy Ghost has heard your cry, has heard your desperation, and sent me tonight as a servant, a vessel to tell you that start praying for peace. Start praying for peace. If you want to walk on top of the thing that's come against you and your family, then start asking for peace. Fear not. Fear not and even be of good cheer. Give thanksgiving at the midnight hour. Give praise to him in the midst of the storm. No matter what you're going through and dealing with right now, the Lord wants you to trust him, to have peace and to fear not and even dare to ask God to walk on top of it. Even dare to say, Lord, I'm not hiding anymore in this thing. I'm getting out. I'm getting out of it and I'm marching on top of it. Lord, if you will bid me to come, I will go. If you will give me permission, I will get out of this safety comfort zone and I'll get out there to where there's power and anointing and I will not just endure this any longer, but I will overcome it in the name of Jesus. We are not the people that rides up the storm in the boat. We're the people that gets out and defies all odds and gravity. We're the people of God and faith in Him and peace will get us through when we have no clue why God. God is allowing it to take place. He will explain it to you later. He will tell you later. But right now, don't beg it. Don't ask it. Say, Lord, until I get it, give me peace. Lord, until you share it, just give me peace. Just give me peace, Lord. Just give me peace, Lord. Just help me a little longer, God. I need you to keep my hand. Hold my hand. Pick me up, Lord. I'll understand everything later. But right now, just give me that word of no fear. Give me that word of be of good cheer. Just give me that word in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. There's peace accessible right now to us. Does anybody know the Lord won't leave you? His promises are true. He's not going to leave you or forsake you. He's there. He's there. You can't see him because the storm is still present, but he's still there. He's the God that shows up in storms. He's the God that shows up in darkness. He's the God that shows up at dead ends. You can be at a dead end and the Lord can be there. You can be in darkness and the Lord can be there. This is how he works. He works in your sickness. He he works in your trials. He works in your difficulties. This is how he works. He slips in during trials and traumas, and he says, I'm here. Fear not. I am with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, peace. Be still. What came first? Peace. Jesus got up on the bow of the ship after they woke him up, and he said, peace. Now be still. Peace precedes it. 
Peace goes first. There is no authority without peace. There is no authority without peace. Crazy, wild, shouting things is not authority. Peaceful authority. Y'all, we're, we're dealing with the world. We're going to get out there, and there's going to be so many things try to trigger us and make us have some kind of righteous anger. But we've got to have peace in everything we do. My, my pastor in Oklahoma, he says, I said, how do I know something's the will of God? He said, do you feel peace about it? Because we're the people of peace. And it cannot make sense and it cannot add up and it can be absolutely right. Because in my spirit, when I'm praying, I feel peace. Here's how you know peace is working. The storm is raging and you feel like doing something really bold. You feel like the very one thing you shouldn't be asking for is the thing you're about to ask for. You feel like getting out of your comfort zone, leaving your 11 buddies behind, saying you can do what you want to do, but I I feel like it's going to be okay. Yep. If Listen, if you're willing to leave the 11 behind in the boat of the storms of life, they'll stand with you on Pentecost and support your ministry. Because in the book of Acts chapter 2, Peter stood up with the 11. And if you're not willing to leave them, you can't lead them. God's trying to build up leaders among us. And I'm going to tell you who leaders are. Leaders are people that when nobody else wants to do it, you do it. When everybody else is afraid, it doesn't get in your spirit. When everybody else is hunkered down, holding on for dear life, you say, not me. I've got peace in the storm. That's exactly what the Lord's trying to give to this church. And this does not take away from our truth. It does not take away from our power or authority. There were times Jesus didn't even talk to men in the government. Do you, you, you realize that? Because he, he's not trying to fight everybody. There were times Jesus just stayed calm. That's all it takes to win some battles. It's just not getting rattled in a crazy world. I find my blood pressure wanting to go up just driving down Lamar. Just driving down First Street. Just driving through the craziness and traffic. I get honked at all the time now. It's just, it's wild. I got my van in sport mode nonstop just trying to make it. Yeah, did y'all know I have a minivan, not a minivan? It's got sport mode. I could drag race most of y'all and win. I mean, that's like a six-second, that's like a 60 seconds, 60, six seconds to 60 miles per hour in six seconds. That's, that's a fast little van, especially if you take the seats out in the family. Boy, you really, <laughs> you take the car seats out, get about an eighth, eighth of gas in your tank. Man, you can fly with that thing. I drive through town these days, y'all, and I'm just like, where's the peace at? It's not out there. It's right in here. And I'm going to tell you something. People in this world that have peace are strange to the world. I'm telling you, you're like an alien from another planet. This, they think there's UFOs. They, they, if they met some of us with peace, they'd think we were aliens because it's just so rare to find somebody in this day that has peace. That's what God's trying to baptize us with in the last days. There's been a lot of preachers talk about get ready, get ready for the last day revival. We've got to be militant. We've got to be fighters. But I'm like, whoa, wait, slow down. We've got to have peace. Slow down. You know, you know why we like that fighting, Jesus? Because we got a lot of fight in us. You know why we like to, to talk about the time we turn the tables over? Because we kind of like to do stuff like that in our own personal lives to get control and dominance over other people. But there were other times that same Jesus didn't even open his mouth. Because you're saying sometimes a whole lot more when you're not talking at all. What's it easier for me to do? It's easier for me to say something. It's easier for me to talk. It's easier for me to lift my voice up. It's harder for me to be quiet. God baptized us with absolute peace in our lives. Before we close, what was the the understanding Jesus had just performed a great miracle. He fed a multitude of people with fish, and a few fish, a few loaves. He fed thousands. They had the baskets of leftovers in their boats. 
and they could not have faith during the storm. After we get to the end of it, Jesus rebukes his disciples and says, I just did a miracle and you still don't have faith. At the end, we find the purpose of the storm. It was to show them that they weren't getting the message, that they weren't trusting the Lord. It was, it was definitely designed by divine order of God to teach his disciples a powerful lesson. But watch this. That wasn't the timing in the very beginning to teach. You've got to get them out of fear and panic first. And then you can go sit down with them when the, when the waves have stopped and the wind has stopped. And now there are no distractions. And he can look at them and say, look at the baskets of bread and fish in this boat. And here you are afraid. I can do anything. And you still miss it. That was the purpose of the storm. To show that there's nothing to fear. They failed. Peter did the best, but even he began to get his eyes on the storm, began to sink. And Jesus was frustrated because he had made it absolutely clear there was nothing for them to be afraid of. But they failed. God has a purpose for what we go through, everyone. But what comes first? Peace comes first. Let's stand together tonight before we go to our meeting. I want us to take some time and pray and worship the Lord. Thank you, God, for your love and mercy. In fact, tonight, I want anyone who wants some extra peace. We've got a little time. We've got a little time before they come back in for the meeting. Anyone who just wants some time of peace, why don't you come on down? Sister Green, uh, remember that song you do about never promised it would be easy or something like that? Let's take a moment. You can sing that. And uh, let's just come down here for a moment. Let's lift our hands up or pray and ask God to give us, let's be a people of peace. I know you've got trouble in your life, family. People hurt you. People trigger you. People get you on the bad side. But you know what? We're a people of peace. God allowed it. God could have stopped it. But there's something for it. There's a reason for it. And I, I want us to be a people of peace. There shouldn't be anything get us out of being holy and righteous. There shouldn't be anything do that to us. Nothing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stretch our hands out to the Lord and ask him for help. Let's tell him, Lord, I, I don't want to live that way. Not my wife, not my husband. Whoever you are today, your children. You're trying to tell them all to change, but first bring peace in your home. You're trying to make them get the point, but first calm the situation down and say, fear not, fear not, be of good cheer. It's going to be all right. That should be the first things we preach. What do the angels say? I come to you in peace. Mary, I came to you in peace, Mary. I didn't come to hurt you. I didn't come to destroy you. Peace, I came in peace. Thank you, Lord. Sister Green, would you just sing this from your heart? Let it be a message of us tonight. Yes. I never promised there'd be no that I'd go with you every step of the way. For life will have its storm clouds, and life 
you may not see it from where you stand. So hold on, my child. Oh, hold on, my child. The darkness is swiftly fading back Back into the light. 